Chapter Seven of My First Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. My First Book by Barius. Chapter Seven Departmental Ditties by Rudyard Kipling. As there is only one man in charge of a steamer, so there is but one man in charge of a newspaper, and he is the editor. My chief taught me this on an Indian journal, and he further explained that an order was an order to be obeyed at a run, not a walk, and that any notion or notions as to the fitness or unfitness of any particular kind of work for the young had better be held over till the last page was locked up to press. He was breaking me into harness, and I owe him a deep debt of gratitude, which I did not discharge at the time. The path of virtue was very steep, whereas the writing of verses allowed a certain play to the mind, and, unlike the filling in of reading matter, could be done as the spirit served. Now, a sub-editor is not hired to write verses. He is paid to sub-edit. At the time, this discovery shocked me greatly, but some years later, when I came to be a sort of an editor in charge, Providence dealt me for my subordinate one saturated with Elia. He wrote very pretty, lamb-like essays, but he wrote them when he should have been sub-editing. Then I saw a little of what my chief must have suffered on my account. There is a moral here for the ambitious and aspiring who are oppressed by their superiors. This is a digression, as all my verses were digressions from office work. They came without invitation, unmanneredly in the nature of things, but they had to come, and the writing out of them kept me healthy and amused. To the best of my remembrance, no one then discovered their grievous cynicism or their pessimistic tendency, and I was far too busy and too happy to take thought about these things. So they arrived merrily being born out of the life about me and they were very bad indeed and the joy of doing them was payment a thousand times their worth some of course came and ran away again and the dear sorrow of going in search of these out of office hours and catching them was almost better than writing them clear bad as they were i burned twice as many as were published and of the survivors at least two-thirds were cut down at the last moment nothing can be wholly beautiful that is not useful and therefore my verses were made to ease off the perpetual strife between the manager extending his advertisements and my chief fighting for his reading matter they were born to be sacrificed rukin din the foreman of our side approved of them immensely for he was a muslim of culture he would say, Your pottery very good, sir. Just coming proper length today. You giving more soon? One third column, just proper. Always can take on third page. Mahmoud, who set them up, had an unpleasant way of referring to a new lyric as Ur Aurkchis, one more thing, which I never liked. The job side, too, were unsympathetic because i used to raid into their type for private proofs with old english and gothic headlines even a hindu does not like to find the seraphs of his f's cut away to make long s's and in this manner week by week my verses came to be printed in the paper 
i was in very good company for there is always an undercurrent of song a little bitter for the most part running through the indian papers the bulk of it is much better than mine being more graceful and is done by those less than sir alfred lyle to whom i would apologize for mentioning his name in this gallery pekin latakia cigarette o t w foresight and others whose names come up with the stars out of the indian ocean going eastward sometimes a man in bangalore would be moved to song and a man on the bombay side would answer him and a man in bengal would echo back till at last we would all be crowing together like cocks before daybreak when it is too dark to see your fellow and occasionally some unhappy chassi away in the china ports would lift up his voice among the tea-chests and the queer-smelling yellow papers of the far east brought us his sorrows the newspaper files showed that forty years ago the men sang of just the same subjects as we did of heat loneliness love lack of promotion poverty sport and war further back still at the end of the eighteenth century hickey's bengal gazette a very wicked little sheet in calcutta published the songs of the young factors ensigns and writers to the east india company they too wrote of the same things but in those days men were strong enough to buy a bullock's heart for dinner cook it with their own hands because they could not afford a servant and make a rhymed jest of all the squalor and poverty lives were not worth two monsoons purchase and perhaps the knowledge of this a little coloured the rhymes when they sang in a very short time you're released from all cares if the padre's asleep mr oldham reads prayers the note of physical discomfort that runs through so much anglo-indian poetry had been struck then you will find it most fully suggested in the long long indian day a comparatively modern affair but there is a set of verses called scanty ninety-five dated about warren hastings time which gives a lively idea of what our seniors in the service had to put up with one of the most interesting poems i ever found was written at mirut three or four days before the mutiny broke out there the author complained that he could not get his clothes washed nicely that week and was very facetious over his worries my verses had the good fortune to last a little longer than some others which were more true to facts and certainly better workmanship men in the army and the civil service and the railway wrote to me saying that the rhymes might be made into a book some of them had been sung to the banjos round campfires and some had run as far down the coast as rangoon and moulmine and up to mandalay a real book was out of the question but i knew that rukin dean and the office plant were at my disposal at a price if i did not use the office time also i had handled in the previous year a couple of small books of which i was part owner and had lost nothing so there was built a sort of a book a lean oblong docket wire stitch to imitate a d o government envelope printed on one side only bound in brown paper and secured with red tape it was addressed to all heads of departments and all government officials and among a pile of papers would have deceived a clerk of twenty years service of these books we made some hundreds and as there was no necessity for advertising my public being to my hand i took reply postcards 
printed the news of the birth of the book on one side the blank order form on the other and posted them up and down the empire from aden to singapore and from quetta to colombo there was no trade discount no reckoning twelves at thirteens no commission and no credit of any kind whatever the money came back in poor but honest rupees and was transferred from the publisher the left-hand pocket direct to the author the right-hand pocket every copy sold in a few weeks and the ratio of expenses to profits as i remember it has since prevented my injuring my health by sympathizing with publishers who talk of their risks and advertisements the down-country departmental ditties papers complained of the form of the thing the wire binding cut the pages and the red tape tore the covers this was not intentional but heaven helps those who help themselves consequently there arose a demand for a new edition and this time i exchanged the pleasure of taking in money over the counter for that of seeing a real publisher's imprint on the title page more verses were taken out and put in and some of that edition travelled as far as hong kong on the map and each edition grew a little fatter and at last the book came to london with a gilt top and a stiff back and was advertised in the publisher's poetry department but i loved it best when it was a little brown baby with a pink string round its stomach a child's child ignorant that it was afflicted with all the most modern ailments and before people had learned beyond doubt how its author lay awake of nights in india plotting and scheming to write something that should take with the english public end of chapter seven